Hello and welcome to the YWAM Kansas City podcast. Uh, my name is Leticia and I am currently doing the School of Biblical Studies here and we call it SBS. It's a nine month secondary school in YWAM and in which you get to go through every book of the Bible using the inductive method. And in this podcast episode, we're actually going to talk about why the Bible is not making sense to you. But before we get to that important topic, <laughs> I just want to share how things are going. Um, I've been doing the school now for, I think it's been almost five weeks, something like that. And so far we have gone through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and by tomorrow night, I will be finishing up the book of Numbers. So we are moving pretty quickly uh, through the Bible and studying it. And uh, some of just how I'm doing, honestly, I'm not getting any sleep <laughs> coming into this. I didn't realize how, yeah, I wasn't going to get any sleep. <laughs> so this morning I woke up, I was looking in the mirror and um, yeah, I th bags under my eyes. I think I got like four and a half hours sleep last night and I hope I don't look as bad as I, as tired as I feel right now, but <laughs> four and a half hours of sleep. Yeah. Four and a half hours of sleep. So w when are you going to bed? <laughs> oh, Lord knows tonight, tonight, Friday nights are, yeah, they're the night where you probably stay up the latest. So maybe one. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a lot to get done. <laughs> Just to read the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, seriously, it's just study alone, um, about 40 to 50 hours a week in just studying. And um, that looks like, you might be wondering, what does that look like? And that looks like reading through that text, so say Genesis, completely in one sitting. And then after that, what you have to do is go back through, because you're going to read through at least five times. You're going to go back through Genesis, and you're going to give paragraph titles. Every paragraph is going to get a title that gives you an idea what the theme is. And after you do that, you're going to move into getting a sense of the structure of the book. So you're going to go back through, and you're going to look at what is this structure of the book, and you're going to put it into, organize that structure. And then you're going to learn the historical background of the book, get really into what is the context and the background of the book. Um, and then after having done all that, you're gonna get into the details. You begin observing aspects of uh, that book, every chapter, all the verses, and then interpreting uh, different aspects of your observations. And then you end with application, which is the goal. And that's something I really wanna share that, um, to be honest with you, I didn't realize coming into this school how devotional it was going to be. Um, I've heard of other people who've done the School of Biblical Studies with YWAM and, you know, it's academically heavy in some sense. I just told you I'm not getting any sleep. Um, that's obviously there's a lot of work to be done. Um, but actually, it's very devotional. It's very heart focused. And that was something that I was not actually uh, expecting to be as much as it is. Um, it's also not just 
heart focused, but there's a lot of freedom in it, in the method. You know, the method is not one in which you feel boxed in and you have to do this and you have to do that. But actually there's a lot of freedom in the method and the method just gives you the parameters for you to go into the Bible and see what the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you and interpret that passage, those passages based on how the Holy Spirit is leading you into understanding. So I am experiencing the costly challenge weekly of what it takes to do the method. It's not, not easy being up that late every night. Uh, however, it's also weekly rewarding. Like every week we finish a book, you feel the reward of it. Um, and so I, I'm thankful for that. I am tired. Um, <laughs> I do want more sleep. But I think that experiencing this reward every week with what God is showing me is it's worth the, the lack of sleep that I'm feeling uh, in this season. And I, I really believe that um, in the long run, it's going to be worth it as well, not just on the weekly basis, but at the end of this, this nine months. So that's how I'm doing. Uh, I'm, I'm not just surviving, though sometimes it feels like it, but I think you, you kind of surviving and thriving at the same time. You're feeling the, the tiredness, but you're also feeling the reward uh, on a regular basis. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And as I was sharing with you, the, the purpose for this episode, what we want to talk about and share with you is why the Bible isn't making sense to you. Now, for some of you, um, you come to the Bible and you're sincere about your desire to understand the word, your desire to get to know God. And, but there's this hindrance that comes at times for you where you go to the Bible and you read something and it's like, it just doesn't make sense. It's weird. You, you see it and you're like, what is, what is God saying here? Why is this here? What is, what is the goal of this? What is, what is God a God who's angry all the time? Is God a God who's just wants blood and sacrifice? Um, there are things that don't make sense that cause hindrances to our relationship with God, even our intimacy with God, um, when we are not making sense of Bible passages. Um, sometimes this, this lack of understanding of what we're seeing when we look in the Bible can even cause people to walk away from the Lord. Um, I know of people who have read things in the Bible and, and because they didn't understand it, they actually decided they no longer wanted to follow God, which is sad and heartbreaking. Um, but it was a hindrance that they saw in something they read that they couldn't understand that actually stopped them from reading. And I don't know where you are in the journey, but I know for me, I've had many times where I've read things in the Bible. I just, I don't get that. Like, God, I don't get what's going on there in that passage. And I don't get what you mean by that. And just to give an example, um, I think here's one passage that really calls a lot of people to, you know, go, hmm, what's what's going on here? And that's Genesis chapter 22, right? Genesis 22 is the chapter in which we see God testing Abraham's faith. And he calls Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac, to literally take his only son, um, 
and his, well, not his only son, because he had Ishmael as well at the time, but to take his son of promise and lay him on the altar and sacrifice him. And maybe you've read that passage before. Maybe you haven't read that passage before, but um, it can be a hindrance when people look at that and don't understand it. Go, what? Why is God asking Abraham to put his son on the altar? Why is God wanting him to sacrifice his child? Um, what is it that God, what is the goal? What is God trying to accomplish by asking Abraham to give up his son in this way, in sacrifice um, of his son? That not understanding that, can lead to all kinds of uh, hindrances in our relationship with God. Does that mean God's going to ask me to sacrifice my child? <laughs> Does that mean God is gonna do that kind of thing in my life? So many questions people can come away from, you may even have come away from in looking at a passage like that in the Bible. Or maybe there's other passages that have caused you to just go, God, what is it that you are saying in this passage. And I wanna encourage you that the details in the Bible and the things written in the Bible, God actually intends for us to understand. He hasn't given us a book to cause us to be confused, to cause us to go, God, I don't get that. And, and I'm so frustrated with you because I don't get that. Like God's heart is that he's given us the word so that we get to know him, so that we get deeper connection with him and intimacy with him, so that he can reveal himself to us. So I wanna share with you uh, something from the inductive method that we do in SBS that actually can help you begin to make sense of passages that are like not making sense to you, that are causing you even to maybe distrust the Lord or to even just not want to engage with the Bible because you don't understand it. Um, so that technique that I want to share with you, this technique, it is called the first read is what we call it. And essentially what it is, it you are going to read that book of the Bible straight through in one sitting the whole book of the Bible that you are, have your passage in that you don't understand, you're gonna take that book and you're gonna read the book straight through in one city. So for me, if that book, I talked about Genesis 22, that would mean sitting down and reading Genesis, the whole book of Genesis, all 50 chapters in one sitting all the way through. And what is the, the point of doing that? The point of doing that is you are going to look for the big picture. You are getting the context of the whole book. So rather than starting with Genesis 22 and trying to wrestle with the details of Genesis 22, you're beginning actually with the big picture of what is even in Genesis. Before I get to 22, before I get to this little verse that says, God tested Abraham. What does the whole of Genesis have to say? The value of reading a whole book in one sitting is that you're gonna get the big picture. 
You're going to get the context. You're going to know what comes before Genesis 22, what goes after Genesis 22. You're going to get to see the big picture of that entire book. It's like, you know, when you watch a movie, Phil, have you watched movies where it's like you came in um, during the middle of the movie and you're like constantly nudging that person next to you and like, what's going on? Why do you do that? It's like TV shows for me because my wife's always watching TV shows without me. And then I like, walk in and I'm like, what's going on in this scene? And she's just like, I, I had a long, a lot of explaining to do to get you caught up. <laughs> yeah. And usually what I do with those people, to be honest, I'm like, man, you should have been, you should have been here from the beginning. Like, you it's too late. You're going to have to watch it. Over. It's too much to explain to you all that's gone on so far in this movie because we're into the thick of it. We're already into it. You have to go to the beginning and watch it. This is the same way with the Bible. If you're going to understand Genesis 22, if it's going to make sense to you, you need to start at the beginning of the book and begin to see the whole picture and the whole storyline that actually brings you into that point. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Like when you are struggling with a passage, or you're struggling with something in the Bible, there's plenty of passages in the Bible that can cause struggle and challenge and don't make sense to each um, to different individuals. But I want you to really understand that through reading straight through in one sitting, you're going to get a context. You're going to get the big picture. You're going to be able to see what has happened in that book. You may not understand everything. And that's something, Phil, that I really realized with the inductive method that's helpful is when you're doing that first read, the goal is not to understand everything. The point is not for you to come away from like, man, I totally get this whole Genesis. I got it. All Complete, the details. All the details. Understand everything. You know what? I can tell you, lay that aside. It is not the goal is not for you to understand everything when you do that first read. The goal is for you to be able to see what's there, right? You can see, oh, there's a guy named Abraham in Genesis. <laughs> Maybe you didn't know there was a guy named Abraham in Genesis. That is the goal of reading the Bible, uh, different books of the Bible in one sitting. You get to know who's in it. You get to know what's happened. So there was this incident when God called a man named Abraham to put his son on the altar. And that's in Genesis. And you may not understand that, and that's okay. But the point is that you come away from it having got this context in which you know it's in there. I know what's in there. I know what's in that book. And from there, you can talk about, you can look at the details and you can zoom in. And in fact, I want to do that. I actually want to do a little zooming in today because my um, favorite chapter, and it's so hard sometimes to pick a favorite because literally, I mean, we've already been through, like I said, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and I'm finishing up numbers. And so sometimes it's hard because God is speaking so much uh, to my heart through all these different chapters and looking at the details and asking him questions as I go. But I would have to say one of my favorite chapters is the one I've been talking to you about, Genesis 22. And this chapter, uh, man, there is so much beauty to be seen in looking at what God is calling Abraham to do in testing him and asking him to place his precious promised son 
on the altar. So let's just look at it a minute. Um, and I want to encourage you in what I thought was just amazing, like honestly, about God's heart in looking at this chapter. So Genesis 22, verse 1, says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the mountain of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son, Isaac. So we see here that God comes to Abraham and he asks him specific, right? He says, this is the son whom you love. God knew how dear Isaac was to Abraham. He knew how important um, this was, sacrifice that he was asking for. He knew that Abraham loved Isaac. In fact, at this point, Abraham had been waiting 25 years for God to fulfill the promise that he gave to him that he would have offspring. So God knows how important Abraham is to him. Uh, um, Isaac is to Abraham. And God says that to Abraham even. Like, I I know whom you love is the one I want you to lay as a burnt offering on the altar. And we see there's this immediate response of obedience. Abraham goes, he rises early in the morning, and he actually does it. He's going to the mountain of Moriah, taking Isaac to actually be obedient to what God had called him to do. And the takeaway from me, uh, for me, as I've been reading through the Bible and even specifically looking at this chapter, is that God is committed to growing our faith. God is so committed to the process of allowing us to trust him and growing in that trust as he reveals to us who he is. He's so committed to that. And what's unique about Genesis 22 is that Abraham at this point in his life, God has been building and growing Abraham's faith. What I saw in this that encouraged me is God doesn't test Abraham at the beginning of his walk with God. Nowhere else, this is the first time in the Bible where we see Abraham is tested or anyone is tested for that matter um, by the Lord specifically tested in their faith. Abraham had seasons of growing in faith with God before this moment of testing. God was was growing his faith when he called him out of his people, out of the land of Ur in Genesis 12, and told him, go from your people and go to a land I will show you. And he gave Abraham great and magnificent promises. And at the time, Abraham is like, he doesn't know this God, this Yahweh, but he responds as God is promising little by little on the journey, he says yes to God, and God reveals greater and greater ways that I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And there's a confidence that I saw as you read that Abraham begins to build this trust in God where he is willing to trust God with more and more things, 
more and more things he's willing to give over to the Lord. Even when he falls short, even when he stumbles and he, um, him and his, and that passage where his wife gives Hagar, their servant to Abraham, and he has a child by her, even where he falls short and he takes him and his wife down to Egypt and she ends up getting taken by another king into that king's house and, and, and God has to step in and rescue his wife, Sarah. Every shortcoming along the journey, God proved himself to Abraham and came through and it built Abraham's faith and his trust in God. And it's when Abraham's faith was actually at a strong point, not a weak point, God tested him. And that was something the Lord was really showing me in this. It was when his faith was at a point where God said, where he trusted God with many things that God said, now I want you to see if you would trust me with the most important thing. You've trusted me in other areas and now will you trust me with the most important thing? And that was his son. Would he trust that the God who was with him for 25 years on the journey would actually be with him in this moment? And we see that he stepped out in that faith and the response that God gives him, I wanna read because it's so like amazing the response that God says to him when the Lord stops Abraham from about to actually follow through on sacrificing his son. We start at verse 12. He said, and this is God, the Lord, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And so we see here that God, he, he sees Abraham's faith grows to a whole new level because now he's giving God everything. He hasn't withheld his most precious son from God. He's giving God his best. Everything that he's got has been given over to God and God um, allows Abraham's faith to grow even stronger. And we see that there's a ram provided in the bush for the sacrifice, which reveals to us, which I thought was so amazing, that that's what Jesus has done for us. You know, we're, each one of us should be on the altar, right? Each one of us should be the ones who had to be sacrificed, who had to lose our life for the sins that we've committed. But Christ is the one who took our place and laid on that altar and it wasn't stopped. He went through it as we just celebrated Easter, right? He went through the process and the suffering um, and really endured it all for our sake. So I hope that encourages you in reading Genesis 22, that there's beauty there because there's a journey there. That when you get to Genesis 22, you are seeing the life of a man who's been on the journey of faith with God and he's being tested at a specific moment in life in order that his faith would grow stronger, not weaker, in order that he would love God more, not less. And God wants to do that for us. <laughs> you know, he wants to give our faith even greater growth. And I'm so thankful that he is showing me how much he wants to grow my faith, where he asks me to give things up when he's asking me to, to lay stuff on the altar it is not in order to cause me to fail or be weak, but also in order that I would grow stronger in trust and stronger in faith as he comes through every time. 
Man, that's so encouraging to me. Phil, what do you think? Any Man, thoughts? That is really encouraging. I'm actually, uh, you know, in the past year, I've been tested by God in a lot of things. And um, just hearing you talk about, it's so true that we're on this journey. We have this story that's unfolding with God. And when he asks us to sacrifice things or he asks us to do things that don't make sense, he's knowing that we have experienced his goodness. We've mm-hmm. experienced his faithfulness. We've experienced him coming through again and again. And we're at this point where we're kind of like all in. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like already committed. Yeah. And so it's like he's then asking us in that position. Yeah. And it feels kind of like, a, oh, I have no other choice. Mm-hmm. But it, but you're, you're aware kind of by faith that it's the right call. And you're right. It, it, it's, I was encouraged because it makes me feel like, oh, maybe I'm not as weak <laughs> as I feel because I'm being tested. Maybe I, mm. the Lord is honoring my faith. Um, and where I have said yes in the past. So it's super encouraging. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the context because you're right. That story has so many, the story of Abraham, it, it takes a lot of development to get to this point. So it's good. Yeah. And that's the goal. That's the goal of reading the whole book in one sitting and getting the whole big picture is that you get to see Abraham's journey um, and see how God is testing him at a unique time. And um, it's not just random, right? So I hope this was encouraging to you. Thank you for watching. Um, we will be doing these podcasts, uh, continually as we go, just sharing a little bit of my journey and continuing to share with you some nuggets of the inductive method and how it can encourage you and help sharpen you. And we just ask you if you like this, if this was something that impacted you, then like, actually like this video. Um, share this video with somebody who needs to hear this, subscribe to this channel so you can get more of this content and, uh, thankful for you watching. We'll see you next time.